Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, in seeking a multi-million euro investment to fund the expansion of his business, the Blackwater Distillery, Peter Mulryan turned to crowdfunding. Whilst this was beneficial to the business on many levels, there was one incident which he now feels compelled to warn business owners about. Peter joins us now to tell us more. Peter, I'd like to start the interview by learning about your own background. My background actually is in television and radio. I'm a former TV producer and radio producer and presenter. You could say I was driven to drink after 30 years of working, <laughs> working in the media. I used to work at RTE, then I went to the UK, and I worked for BBC, Channel 4, Sky, Disney, I mean, whoever would pay me. And my hobby, my hobby was writing about spirits. And I lived for some time uh, in Scotland, working for the BBC in Edinburgh and Glasgow. And while there, I could see the passion the Scots had for, for Scotch whiskey. And this is in the 90s. There was nothing like that in Ireland. And it was just, I knew we'd good whiskey, I knew we could make good whiskey, but we'd no culture of celebrating it had all been lost and I thought that's really weird I thought you know what I'll write a book about this So when it came to setting up Blackwater Distillery what was the vision for the business? The vision that's an interesting question my background as it isn't isn't a business person I didn't come into this going you know what I've had a great idea to make a few bob rather I knew there was a wave coming I could because I knew the industry and I could see in America there was a craft distilling movement growing, which is really interesting. And they were making really interesting whiskies that you just, you know, that excited me. I'd be an American, I'd taste them, and I'd go, wow. And I was in London working um, with the BBC and um, working with Richard Cargan, the chef uh, who owns Bentley's there for a TV series. And these guys came in one day on a bicycle. And they said, we made a gin. It was Sipsmith gin. We were in London, the, the, the distilling business, Sipsmith, one of the... I suppose, the key movers in the, in, in the craft gin business. And they were starting up, and you could kind of feel the wave coming, that it was coming. It was in America. It had come to London. It would come to Ireland. And I thought, you know what? Now, now, now's the time to move on this. If I don't do it now, uh, it's not going to happen. And of course, Peter, one of the challenges with a distillery is in respect of cash flow, because oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a very long way time from distilling the whiskey to actually selling it. Oh, yeah, it's a dreadful business model. I mean, you know, if I said to you, <laughs> you were a businessman, I said to you, what a great idea. I'm going to make something, okay? I'm not going to sell it for three years. And in those three years, I'm going to lock it in a room, and all the time it's in there, it'll be evaporating. You'd go, oh, thanks, Peter. <laughs> Close the door on your way out. So it's, it's a bonkers business model. So we had to somehow cash flow it. And gin was the way you can make you can make gin and turn around and sell it in a week. So uh, and it was a gin boom, which has since softened. So uh, we set up the gin business, and we we still are the only producer of gin in the southeast. We do a very nice Wexford strawberry gin made with Wexford strawberries, which is just quite good for later in the day. So yeah, so white spirits. Uh, we started in 2014-15. We moved into whiskey in 2018 because we'd sort of made enough money. And we're releasing our first whiskey from the distillery here in West Waterford. We're releasing that uh, in November. So, yeah, later in the next month, yeah. So you're at a stage now where you want to scale out of the building that yeah. you're in. There's an investment of about 15 million euro required. And as yeah. part of that, you looked at crowdfunding. Why crowdfunding? 
Crowdfunding, for a couple of reasons, I didn't expect to, to raise more than a couple hundred thousand on the crowdfunding. But crowdfunding is interesting for a few reasons. One, it's relatively quick and easy to do. Um, you're going for like um, a popular model where people can put in, I think, I think a tenner or 15 euro is with, with the minimum. So what you're doing in a way is you're doing two things. Is You, you are crowd, you're funding, you're, you're raising money and you know, you're giving away equity, a real equity. But you're also saying to people, we're interesting, we're here. Uh, you're bringing yourself to the attention of people who wouldn't have known you existed. So we have hundreds of extra names now on our mailing list. So that was another reason to do it. So crowdfunding, yes, you can earn, you can make some money, but really it's about banging a drum, waving your arms in the air and hoping that you attract the attention of a larger investor. And just on that topic, one day you received a phone call (laughs) from a potential investor. Yeah, we received a few of these. But one call in particular was interesting because um, they said, look, we like what you do and we want to put in a million. Uh, that makes you that makes you sit up and pay attention because in 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 my head I need to raise probably fifteen million, maybe a bit more to to build a bigger distillery to make this whole business scalable. And I thought, well, absolutely, I'll I'll talk to talk to anyone really. And uh, they said, look, we'd like to meet you and. Um, uh, we're based in Switzerland. And we already have we have a Swiss investor on board, so I thought, oh, yes, fair enough. We've 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 been here before. This this could be interesting, and um, that's how the that's how the tale begins. So talk to us about some of the due diligence that you did prior to going over and meeting them in Amsterdam. That's a good question. I mean, we took in another investor about a year ago, and the amount of bloody due diligence, my God, it was like, what's your inside leg measurement? It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I kind of was expecting another wall of pain, and I suddenly realized I was doing more due diligence on them than they were doing on me, and that got me a little bit suspicious. And I said, look, we'd like to meet you anyway. We'll meet you in, in uh, Amsterdam. I went, well, you know, I'm actually in Amsterdam next week because I'm going to a whiskey festival in, in Eindhoven. So, yeah, let's let meet. Perfect. So I met the lads, two, two, two guys, and they were there, very sharply dressed gentlemen. And um, they'd start asking bizarre questions that didn't really make much sense. They didn't know much about the business. They didn't know much about anything. I just was getting more and more and more suspicious. And then they said, did I know anything about cryptocurrencies? And what I know about crypto, you could write them back a very small post-it stamp. I said, no, I know nothing about crypto. They said, we made our money in crypto. That's why we're we're loaded and where we've got vineyards in France. And uh, we like you like what you're doing and we will give you uh, the money you want. Um, we need to know, though, that your company is in good fettle. So can you, can you evidence you've got €100,000 in your company account? I was going, yeah, it's a piece of cake. I can do that. I can get your bank statement. I can, the accountant can sign anything you want. And they said, well, I'll tell you what. So we're in crypto. Why don't you lodge that 100000 to, to a crypto account? And it's your account. And just lodge it there. We'll see it as an act of goodwill. And then we'll transfer you across the million. So, of course, I'm smelling a major rat at this stage. And... Um, they took my phone because I didn't understand how, what, what crypto was. Like, we'll show you. So they, they they basically set up two apps on my phone, and they said, look, we'll just send you a tenor. There, there's the tenor. And indeed, on my phone, on this app, there was a tenor. And I was going, this is fantastic. Um, and they said, it's your account, and you just put the, 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 the 100,000 in there, show it to us on the screen, and um, we'll send you the money. And that was the end of the meeting. Uh, I started thinking, this is very, very weird. This is so strange. So I contacted the... Um, 
the app, their help desk, and they were going, did you set the account up? I went, no. They said, do you, do you have the, do you have the 12 digit access code to your account? No. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't, you know, don't, don't put any money in there because they have the access code. So as soon as you lodge 100,000, it'll be gone. So how did you exit that particular meeting in one piece? Well, I'd already decided I wasn't going to agree to anything in a bar in Amsterdam. I mean, that's, that's not a good idea ever. So look, I just said, look, thank you very much. I'll think about it. Kind of going, this does not feel right. And then, as I said, when I spoke to the guys who ran the app, I was, then I was totally convinced that this was a scam. So I replied to the guys going, look, lads, uh, you got my 12-digit code. This is a scam. And they, they just, I got one text back, which was just a question mark, and then nothing. And I, no returning phone calls, no returning emails. They just disappeared back into the woodwork again. So what advice have you got for business owners listening this morning that are interested in going down that crowdfunding route? Someone rings you up and says, I meet you in a bar in Amsterdam. (laughs) No, don't go there. If something's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Was there any other investors that came forward that were genuine in respect of it? And how did that go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ongoing because this is the other thing is that your real real investment of of this kind of money takes time, takes due diligence. It just takes... It takes trust, I suppose, and building that trust. And, you know, the business we have, it's, it's, it's a very physical business in that it's, you know, it's Victorian. It's, it's a building. It's, 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 it's copper stills. It's, it's casks of whiskey. It isn't like IP, which is, you know, just sort of in the ether somewhere. So people have to come over. Like, you know, there's a guy, there's an American uh, who's been in contact who's going to come over in November with another investor potentially from France coming over again in November, um, and 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 that that will just take time. It could take it could take six months. Uh, it could take longer. That's how long these things take. As I say, I'm looking to raise if I can in the region of more than 15 million. Uh, so it's a lot of money, and that sort of money, um, you know, doesn't doesn't grow in trees and doesn't hang out in bars in Amsterdam. And what are you doing now to promote this investment to would-be and potential investors? Well, this is the interesting thing is that I think when you're at an investment this size, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to um, to wave your arms in the air. You got to do it in clever ways. So, as I say, the crowdfunding was one way of alerting people that were on the hunt. Uh, talking to people like you is a good way as well. Um, there are plenty of angels in the southeast and in the south of the country. You know, letting them know that, you know, we've. We've been in business since 2014. We've got a good track record. We've got a, we already have a distiller. We've got brands. We're bringing out whiskey. So you know we're not we're not we're not a startup here. We're you know we're, we've been going for several years. So it's a matter of just letting people know we exist, and and also then you kind of you kind of people know you're there, and then people know people who know other people. So that's that's kind of where we are at the moment. And what's the business plan that underpins the Blackwater Distillery? The business plan is 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 as it's always been, which is that we uh, we start with gin, and then we've broadened out the base of the business now into whiskey. So we have a whiskey called Velvet Cap, which we source, we bottle on site here, and then we're bringing out our own whiskey uh, under a different brand, Dirt Grain, and that's coming out at the end of this year. And that'll be an interesting mixed mash bill whiskey, which is back to these whiskeys that our, our grandfathers would have been drinking in the past nine months. Now we've really been turning up the gas on exports because. Any drinks brand 
in Ireland is only going to survive on exports, you know. So we basically are commercial managers currently in New York. Uh, I'm just back from another trip to, to the Netherlands for our new importer in the Netherlands. We've just signed a deal in France, Israel, New Zealand, Australia. It's all in the past few months. So that's that's the big part of the business now is, is getting us export ready. And then we can hopefully tap on to the resources of Enterprise Ireland to, to guide us along the route. And for any investor that's listening to this morning's programme that is looking for a distillery to invest in, what are you telling them in terms of an exit plan for them in four or five or six or seven years' time? There's a couple of exit plans. I think that fact that we're kind of ahead of the curve and what I see is the future of whiskey, which is, which is you know, mixed mash bills, oats, wheat, rye. I think that's where the future lies. There are people out there, larger companies, who aren't in the market here, who are interested in getting to the market. So we just kind of need to make sure that uh, we're on their radar. And so we need to be at a position whereby we've proved the concept works, we have these markets opened, and we've got a distillery that's producing enough liquid and that they can come in and put, put in more capital to make more, but mostly to put money into brand, to build brand, to put people into export markets because that's an important way of, of building. So, yeah, I would imagine that we'd probably be on someone's acquisition list within the next, it's going to take, I'd say, six, seven years. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Peter Mulryan from the Blackwater Distillery, and I wish Peter every success in securing the required investment. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.